America's National Parks podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation. L.L. Bean and the National Park Foundation share a belief that every community should have the opportunity and resources to experience the joy of the outdoors together. Through this partnership, they're not only helping people find their parks, they're helping to protect, restore, and improve parks across the U.S. If it's outside, L.L. Bean is all in. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. Wednesday, Grand Canyon National Park's interpretive rangers lowered the flag in honor of one of their own, a ranger who lived and worked at the canyon for the past 20 years and became a favorite of visitors from far and wide. I'm Jason Epperson, and this is the America's National Parks podcast. Today, a tribute to Ranger Ronald Brown and his famed portrayal of the Grand Canyon's first non-native resident. After 48 jobs in five states, Ron Brown found his calling as an interpretive park ranger. It was his wife Pat's lifelong dream, in fact. She's one of those little girls who, from five years old, when daddy took her traveling to national parks, she fell in love with it and wanted to be a park ranger all her life, Brown told KPBS. I was smart enough to know I wanted whatever she wanted. Pat passed away in 2014, and Ron joined her just days ago peacefully in his sleep at his home in Grand Canyon Village. Ranger Ron's popularity among Grand Canyon visitors was undeniable. His foot-long silver beard and boisterous voice was instantly recognizable, and his tours and interpretive programs beloved. He relished in the sound of thousands of visitors gasping at their first sight of the canyon daily. YouTube videos of his speeches and tours are titled with words like favorite and best U.S. park ranger. One of the programs Ranger Ron was best known for was his portrayal of the tall tale spinning Captain John Hance. Many of the details of the life of John Hance are unknown, especially since his own oral history was less than reliable. But what is known is that he was the first non-Native American to live at the Grand Canyon. It's believed he was born around 1840 in Tennessee, and he likely fought in the Civil War as a Confederate. He used the title Captain, though he was never actually made one. Hans improved an old Havasupai trail into the canyon and tried to mine for gold, silver, and asbestos. Very quickly, however, he found a more lucrative calling, guiding visitors coming to see the newfound wonder of the West. As time passed and tourism grew, Hans became a legendary fixture of the canyon. Visitors making their way down the treacherous Old Hans Trail would be entertained by stories of how the old frontiersman had dug the canyon himself, or how his horse Darby could cross the canyon from rim to rim by galloping atop banks of fog. He said it with all seriousness. As Hans himself would once say, I've got to tell stories to these people for their money, and if I don't tell it to them, who will? I can make these tender feet believe that a frog eats boiled eggs, 
and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to make him believe he carries it a mile to find a rock to crack it on. One early visitor declared that to see the canyon only and not to see Captain John Hance is to miss half the show. Here now is the late ranger Ron Brown as Captain John Hance. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. My name is Captain John Hance, and welcome to my residence. I was the first of the folks here in this residence. In fact, I was the first settler here at the Grand Canyon. I, I put in the first stagecoach and built the first cabin. You know, the, the Indian people were here ahead of me, those Hopi folks. Uh, I got along with them pretty well. They, they only killed me two or three times. You know, I, I had a reputation as the greatest liar in Arizona, but that's mostly just because I like to tell stories. You know, I tell them different every time I tell them. Mostly I think that's because I forget how I told them the last time. But uh, I really enjoy telling stories around here and, and teaching people about the Grand Canyon, talking to people about the Grand Canyon. You know, every once in a while somebody says to me, Captain, how come you know so much about the Grand Canyon? I tell them, well, you know, I, I was the first settler. I, I was the first person who built a cabin. I, this is my home. It's been my home for a very long time. And they say, no, you seem like you know everything. And I tell them, well, that, that's true, I do. Mostly because I dug it. See, I, it was a hard life here when I first arrived. You know, there wasn't a lot of food and it, it's hard to grow crops around here. I, I put in a little garden. I, I love having a little garden. I love to see things growing in the ground. And, and I was sitting there admiring my garden one day and I, and I looked out there and there's one of them darn little rock squirrels. Have you seen them things? They are destructive. They will come up and chew on everything. I just hate them things. And, and one of them darn little rock squirrels come up and, and my favorite crop, the favorite thing I like to grow was my sweet corn. I love sweet corn. And one day one of them darn little rock squirrels come up and climbed right up the stalk and pinched off the ear of my sweet corn. He stole it, he did, and he took off with it. And I thought, I'm gonna shotgun that fella. And I grabbed my shotgun and, and, and he went down a hole. Well, I couldn't do nothing about that. I watched him careful like, and the next day, sure enough, that dang thing coming and stole another ear of my corn. And I thought, that will not do. So I went and I, I got my shovel, I did, and I watched him careful like. I figured out where his hole was, and I watched him, and I went over and I looked down that hole, and, and sure enough, I could see him looking up at me thinking he was safe in his hole, little face going mm, like this, and I thought, I'll fix you. So I went to digging. He saw me coming, so he went to digging. And then I went to digging faster, and he went to digging faster. And the next thing you know, I was digging and flinging, and dirt was flying all over the place, and I dug and I dug and I dug, and I, and I looked up, and I had dug the whole Grand Canyon. And I thought, well, this place is beautiful. I think I'll keep it. Well, now, I, I suspect you know that I didn't dig the whole Grand Canyon. I mean, I, I did dig my share of it, came here looking for silver or gold, never found any of that stuff. I did find asbestos, but I'd done my share of digging. These, these old hands have worked, you know. But I wasn't the only one digging. You know, William Wallace Bass, he, he, he had, uh, did a little digging too, and oh, I suspect even Ralph Cameron turned a clod or two on a good day. But you know, that wasn't the important thing. What was really important was 
the way this canyon kind of dug into us, dug into our heart. You know, we came here and we saw this place and, and we realized this place was special. And we realized that this place was something people ought to see. So every one of us, we started bringing people up. I put in the stagecoach and started bringing up people on the stage and telling them stories. You know, they wanted to hear what I had to say. And, and William Wallace Bash, you know, he put in a buckboard. I always used to say there's two liars at the Grand Canyon, and William Wallace Bass is both of them. But uh, he did the same thing because we thought, you know, this is a place that, that needs to be set aside. This is a place that needs to be protected. And, you know, everyone here, everyone around you right now felt the same way about it. We all came here and, uh, and took care of this place and, and started showing it to people and telling stories and, and passing it on to your kids and other people's kids and, well, your grandkids. And, and that was important. You know, that's what everyone here around you has done is, is come here and dedicate their lives to this place and dedicate ourselves to making sure that it was here for you to come and, and enjoy. Truth of it is though, folks, uh, our work is over. The folks here surrounding me right now, we've done our job. We left you something. We gave it to you the best way we knew how. But our work is over. It's your job now. You're the ones got to take care of this place. You're the ones got to pick up where we left off. And you're going to have to do it because, let's face it, there's, there's folks who will tear a place up because they think they can make a dollar off of it. There's folks who'll run you out of it and keep it for themselves because they think they're better than you because they got more money. And they'll do everything they can to make sure they take this away from you. And, and we've done our best to give it to you, but now it's your job. Don't let them take it away from you. Don't let them do that kind of stuff. Stand up, speak up once in a while. When you see something, you take care of this place. Pass it on to your own kids. Do what? Theodore Roosevelt said, save it for your children and your grandchildren as the sight everyone should see. And that's, that's the way I feel about it. So, so tell your stories and, 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 and pass this legacy on a little bit. You know, we all tell our stories. Emery Kolb told his stories with pictures and, and Glenn over there, why he told his stories and he actually knew what he was talking about. And that's important. Stand up for this place now, folks. It's yours now. Our job is over. Get out there and explore. Get out there and enjoy. Show it to people. Let them know how much you love it and how much it means to you. Be careful when you're out there, though. It's, them darn rock squirrels are still out there. They will bite you. Take care of this place, folks, and pass it on. and Let those of us who's here now rest. According to a statement from Grand Canyon National Park, over his 20 years of service, Ranger Ron was a teacher, a mentor to many young rangers, and gave thousands of ranger programs to the visiting public. Working until just a week before his passing, he epitomized tenacity and devotion as an interpretive park ranger. Ron had the innate ability to connect visitors to Grand Canyon and help them find their own reason to love this place. He spent countless hours and devoted much of himself to coaching and encouraging new rangers 
to perfect his beloved craft of interpretation. Captain John Hance died in 1919, the year Grand Canyon became a national park. He was the first person buried in what would become known as the Grand Canyon Pioneer Cemetery. The cemetery holds the stories of great people who lived at the canyon, famous names from the park's history, and tragic losses. The remains of 23 of the 128 people who died in the TWA United Midair Collision over the canyon in 1956 are buried at the cemetery. The collision took place in uncontrolled airspace, where it was the pilot's own responsibility to maintain separation. From that tragedy came the development of the FAA and modern aircraft safety. Ranger Ron gave tours of the cemetery, always ending up at his wife Pat's grave. When she died due to cancer complications, he was allowed to choose a plot for the both of them. He found the perfect spot where twin pine trees grew together. Now, Ranger Ron Brown will be interred next to her, and he will be the last to be buried there, 101 years after John Hance, and in the 101st year of Grand Canyon National Park. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. For more great American destinations, give us a listen at the Sea America Podcast. If you're interested in RV travel, find us at the RV Miles Podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys at OurWanderingFamily.com. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag Be an Outsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks. is over. It's your job now. You're the ones got to take care of this place. You're the ones got to pick up where we left off. You take care of this place. Pass it on to your own kids. Do what 
Theodore Roosevelt said, save it for your children and your grandchildren as the sight everyone should see. And that's, that's the way I feel about it. So, so tell your stories and, 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 and pass this legacy on a little bit.